Hey, hey, hey! Welcome all you Courageous Cause Champions! Today is the day you're going to meet someone very, very courageous. This is Lainey Friedrich. This, today we've got episode 56 of the Couch to 5A podcast and I have a very special guest today. Today I'm welcoming author Tokyo Sand from the blog Political Charge and she can also be found at politicalcharge.org. So welcome, Tokyo. Hey, glad to be here. Hey. So to just give my audience a little background on how you and I cross paths, um, Tokyo, you and I are in, this, in a similar face, same Facebook group, and um, you were asking people in the group at the end of the year how we were recharging over the holidays to get ready for 2019. And um, I typed in a few things about, um, you know, doing my self-care and my self-care notepad, the habits that I have. And, and lo and behold, I ended up on a, <laughs> a podcast, uh, or not a podcast, but one of your blogs about, you know, different activists that you were talking about and how they recharge. Um, so, of course, I had to check out your, your uh, blog, and I got completely hooked completely hooked. I signed up for your daily emails and I love it. I love it. Um, I have checked out different blogs in the past um, that are um, really detailed calls to action. Um, they're mm -hmm. very much what I feel like kind of frontline activities which are all very important. Um, but to me it gets a little bit too um, overwhelming for me and so yours I just love because it's so digestible it's quick to digest I love that you have links to other blog posts that you've written if someone wants to get into a deeper dive um, or I think you will send people to like outside articles so I was hoping today we could you could share with the listeners just you know how you how you came to do this you you know obviously you were moved by the election of 2016 like the rest of us but sort of even before that you know had you done anything even remotely like this and then you know what were <laughs> what were what were, what, did, what were those early steps look like those early you know kind of faltering steps to get what is a smooth running machine or it looks to be a smooth running machine now well I'm glad that it looks like a smooth running machine um, I think I have it pretty dialed in now but it's certainly been a, it's been an interesting ride so um, like you said you know very much 2016 election was a huge catalyst for a lot of the work that I'm doing now um, prior to 2016 I've always paid attention to politics I had parents that talked about it at the dinner table when I was growing up um, I remember when I turned you know 18 it was you know I was always going to vote that was the way it was going to be but that that's pretty much it, right? You know, you pay enough attention that you know who you want to vote for and, you know, sometimes discussions with your parents or friends about, you know, why we care about certain issues. But I wouldn't say that I was ever an activist or an advocate even. Um, I just, you know, I voted. So that's that's really where I started prior to it. Leading up to 2016, I got a little more engaged. I'm sure um, you're probably like this too, right, where it was concerning, right, leading up to 2016. Yes. But there was a, seemed like a very clear decision 
that we didn't want to go on that path, which unfortunately we are on. Um, but that was very clear to me. So that was the first time leading up to that election that I did anything beyond just the voting. So um, I, you know, I, I donated. I, I did uh, phone banking for the first time. Um, my, my job as it is in, in the real life, I'm not afraid of the phone, so that seemed like an easy thing for me to do. Um, but that was really the first time I did anything more than that. Um, so when 2016, that fateful day came and went, I will be honest, I was, um, I was in a major funk. I didn't know, I was scared, I was nervous, I didn't know what to do to move forward. And lo and behold, I don't even remember how this, I came across this, but there was a little tiny website and it's long since gone, they showed up for a few weeks right before the inauguration. And it was something akin to, let's just do one positive action a day. You know, essentially, it's our way to protest this new president coming in, but let's put one positive action out into the world. And so I signed up for their, um, for their little newsletter, so I got this email. And sometimes it was just, make a small donation to the ACLU. And sometimes it was, you know, just those little actions that we're so used to now. But for me, it was a revelation that I realized when I did this action, I felt better, right? Right. (laughs) The crux of all the work that I'm doing comes from the feeling I had that when I did just a little action, most of these took seconds to do, maybe two minutes if I was writing an email, right? But just took no amount of time. And I realized that for me, I could lessen my worry if I put positive actions out there. And so I truly believe that taking action can make you feel better, and that's really the only way to move forward. Why be worried all the time, right? Right, right, right. So from there, the only I didn't know I didn't know anything about how to plug in the networks. Uh, people would talk about these networks that they were in. You know, if I heard about Pantsuit Nation after the election. I heard about you know Indivisible hadn't even started yet. You know, all these things. But people were plugged into networks, and I was clueless. I had no idea what these networks were, how to plug in, or anything else like that. So essentially, the only way I sort of found out about it was asking questions. I was on Twitter, and I had, what, no one following me, basically. I think I had less than 100 <laughs> followers at the time, because I really was, I was only using it to read the news. I wasn't engaging. So, but I would see people tweeting about politics or a, an action that could be taken. And so I would follow that person, and I would ask questions about what else can I do. And they would respond and then follow me back. And slowly but surely, I just ended up finding other people who thought like I did. What, mm-hmm. It was about action. The only way we can move forward is to you know, resist, right, was a big word at the time. We resist, but that meant taking action, right, to protect our democracy, protect our fellow citizens, push back on decisions. So anyway, that was really the impetus for all of this. I got into um, writing, you know, how, how to resist, like how to do calls to action. I would share other people's scripts for calling. Certainly when Indivisible came online, that was really helpful for a guide and how you talk to your Congress people and all that. Um, so I, mean, I learned a lot along the way. I did not know how to do any of this. I'll be honest, right? If you read it now, it looks like I know what I'm doing. But I learned by talking to other people who have been also doing this. So anyway, I'll try to fast forward a little bit because I'm sure you have other questions. Um, no, that's okay. I mean, forward. 
if even if we just paused for a second, I mean, it just sounded yeah. like you were documenting on Twitter your own process of, oh, I didn't know how to do this, and hey, I just found out how to do this. Here you go. If anybody else wants to know how to do this, mm-hmm. yeah, that was. I mean, that was what I realized. My niche was is that, and I was. I've been told this by others is that I have a way of taking a otherwise complicated subject and breaking it down and making it understandable for more people. So I think a lot of times what stops people from taking action is they don't, they don't quite understand or don't think that they have the level of understanding that they think that they need before taking action, right? And so what can I do to help that? I mean, I mean, early on, there's just certain things like the, um, not that I want to bring up this fight, uh, but the original, you know, Supreme Court, you know, uh, when we were in the process of finding our first Supreme Court justice under uh, Trump, where, you know, Gorsuch did eventually win. But there was a lot of complicated shenanigans, really, that the Senate um, was was going through to rig the whole thing, and I, I I use that word kind of carefully, but essentially they are they are playing by the rules. It's just that none of us know what those rules are, mm-hmm. and so I ended up doing this really sort of I think I forget how many tweets it was. It was like thirty five tweets, so one of these really long threads, but just sort of explaining in bite sized pieces what was going on, how we got here, what we can do next, and so on and so forth. Which really, when I look back on those old threads really mirrors the way that I do a lot of my posts now, right? What's going on? What's some of the background that you need to know? What do you need? What, what can you do about this? What mm-hmm. action can you take? And so I started to get my friends on Twitter and on Facebook who started to encourage me to put it in website form, that not everyone's on Twitter, and it's great to have it on Twitter, but not everyone's there. And if it was shareable in some way by having it on a website or, you know, writing for someone, um, then it would be more shareable and it could be put in Facebook rooms or what have you. And I was like, well, that's a good idea, but I've never done that before. So fast forward last January. In fact, I'm talking to you on my actual anniversary. I started (gasps) my political charge website exactly one year ago today. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Congratulations. And I know you didn't know that. We did not plan this in advance. No, but I love that synergy. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is synergy. So, uh, so again, I that's how I got started, right? What I was doing on Twitter, I still do on Twitter. So if you don't follow me, please do. I have a lot of fun there. I do more than just the the blog. Um, but that I would I, assume that I was on Twitter, which is yeah, <laughs> a yeah. So, false you know, assumption. Just, yeah, right. And, and again, I get that not everyone is, and it's a very different platform than a website. Very different platform than than Facebook. And I want to reach multiple audiences. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, so that's what brings us to political charge. That's what I do. I I do focus on um, sort of elections and things involving elections, like voting rights um, and uh, just voting rights, voter suppression, just generally what do we need to do to keep our democracy healthy. Um, But from time to time when there's a really, you know, hot topic or something that's really on everyone's mind, you know, the shutdown being a perfect example, how did we get here? Why are we in this position and what can we do about it? So I will write some calls to action from time to time that way. Um, But, yeah, that's, that's what I do. 
Well, and I like too on your website that you have you have these sub these headings for the different blog posts. You have a category of elections. You have a category of explainer posts. You have a category of interviews. So, which is nice. I just discovered this um, uh, that you had this out here because once in a while, you know, the post is just something that it's like it's it, it's either just too much for me or you know, I just don't have the time that day to absorb it because, you know, mm -hmm. because I love getting your emails every day. Um, but I like the fact that if I, if I want to, I could go back then and look up those topics, you know, here specifically. And, right. and I wanted to ask you about um, the interviews. But before I do that, I just, I do want to say like one of, I mean, I think it's an incredible gift that you bridge um, the complex and by making it simple and di like you said digestible in these bite-sized pieces because that's one of that's one of the roles that I um, play in my business as well as I take that's why I call the my podcast couch to 5a it's kind of like um, you know mm -hmm. take those first steps just start walking around the track just walking around the track and you know kind of just get a feel for what this is like you know don't go some people are ready to run headlong in there, and I don't want to stop them. Um, right. But I, but I found from being in, you know, running in triathlons and things like that, you know, some people are just high intensity generally, and they're ready to go, and they want to get in the fray, and you know, they they have they have this capacity, I think, just in their nature to get mm -hmm. in and do that. But I think there's a lot of people who want to do something, and they just they it it's just too much for them. It's, it's like trying to do a 5k, like it's trying to do a 5k run and you're like, Oh my God, I can't even walk, you know, and I, you know, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to pull muscles, you know, and they have these painful experiences in other ways. You know, that's just symbolic of the painful experiences that they have, like going right. to a meeting or, you know, looking up these articles and a call, you know, for me, even I was a bank vice president and for me to make my first phone call to a politician's office like <laughs> I was I was scared like right. I did I did collection work you know for seven years why was I scared it's new right? it's new it's you just new. don't know and what to expect. What to expect there can be a lot of fear in that so if you know, through what I do, through what you do, there's a you know a bunch of people who are trying to demystify a little bit, right? What yeah. what we can be doing in politics, and there's still stuff that you know, you know. Let's let's not even talk about Senate rules that I will probably never understand. But there's a lot that we can be doing, and it's it's, it's I've really enjoyed seeing how many different people are approaching this and helping others along the way take that first step and realize that you do have power and that but let's let's grab that power and use it right so that's been a wonderful a wonderful process to see over these last two years as horrible as it's been in so many other ways that this groundswell of people who understand that they can do something they have some sense of where to look to get that information to take that first step and then taking the first step. You know, anytime a, a senator or a representative talks about the number of phone calls that came into their office, that's, those are all individual people who made those phone calls. And that information, that kind of news makes me 
really happy that people are engaged that way. I love it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, something. I was just going to say something. Um, and that's that's what I like about your calls to action is because you do, you seem to distill it down to just matter of fact about this. It, you take you seem to me to take out the drama of it and the mm-hmm. um, exaggeration. And not that not that these are not really um, upsetting things. And there is a lot of high intensity emotions around them. But when right. I read your posts, it's like, okay, you're just you're you're very matter of fact. Like this, it's more decisiveness that I like about your your calls to action. Like this is why I'm calling. I have a you know this is the legitimacy. I have a you know an extremely legitimate reason for you know requesting that this be the action you know or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean I don't know yeah. if that's something that you intentionally take something and, um, you know, kind of change the tone of it? Do you do that? Or is that just, does this, that just happen? You know, honestly, I think that it, I mean, to some degree, it's my personality. I mean, I can get very um, sort of excitable in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I, you know, in, a, in, a, in a different time, I used to give sort of, uh, I work for arts organizations, and I had to give tours, right, to, you know, subscribers and ticket buyers and donors and things like that. And you have to, you know, develop, you know, really deliver something with a lot of excitement and emotion and everything else. And that's very, very easy for me. So, but what I do here when I notice for this type of work that I'm doing, the types of call to action newsletters or the types of people on Twitter that I respond to best are the ones that are giving me the information that I need without the hype. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where there are a lot of accounts there that there's a lot of you know the hype and the outrage and everything else, and I think they serve their purpose too. I mean, there are days that I am really angry about something that's going on, and reading their posts, I sort of feel reflected. Like there's that community that I feel when I read their posts, and I'm similarly angry, and they're sort of venting it in a way that I feel inside. That, that is a, a release for me to read those posts, right? What, what those posts don't do, though, is tell you what to do about that anger, right? Mm-hmm, and so that's mm-hmm. why I think they absolutely have their place. And let's face it, Twitter would probably be a lot less fun without them there, <laughs> or Facebook for that matter. You know, but at the end of the day, I don't just want to feel that outrage. I mean, it gets back to that feeling I had right after the last election, or excuse me, the, the 2016 election, which is that I was full of all these very strong negative emotions and I didn't know what to do about it. I don't like feeling outraged all the time. It's it's wearing on me. And I I think that there's a high danger that people will stop paying attention if they feel this way all the time. Oh, You know, right? So I think the counteracting of, yes, absolutely you feel outraged. You should feel outraged, right? And, and, And bond with that community. But the role that I want to play from, you know, certainly from Political Charge, the, the, the website and the blog, is that, okay, you feel the outrage. Here's why you feel the outrage, and this is what we can go do about it. So on the, on the you know, I have my outrage moments on Twitter. I am human. <laughs> <laughs> right, but as right. as possible, try to get that information out there, and I gravitate towards sharing more information that's very much this is what's going on, you know, this is why we're here, and this is what we can do about it. And so that's the kind of uh, tone and language that I like to use on a blog. 
And you know what's coming across to me, it just came into my head, is that I feel like you're like this coach and you've got the team in the locker room and you're like, we've got this, this is what's <laughs> happening out on the field, this is what we're going to go do about it. You know, we're all fired up and, and let's, go, let's go make this happen. Like, let's go take the strategic steps and we're going to win out in that field, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like that analogy. I've not heard that one before, but I yeah, I just I, I thought about that. like that's the that's the that's the sense that I get from I I feel like I'm on the winning team when I follow your stuff because I'm like oh, okay, coach is gonna tell me what I need to do. She's gonna tell me like the parts I need to know to get out <laughs> there and win out in the field in my little part of it. Like I don't need to know every other player, every other thing that they're doing. You know, right, right. I just need to know this one play. I got to run this play. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I I think that you and I have a lot in common in that way, which is that if you want to delve into something more, there's a lot of different ways you could go do that. Yeah. Right. But I still think that there are a lot of people out there that don't necessarily know how to take the first step, or maybe they've been watching and lurking for a long time, but they're finally ready to take that first step, right, or to make a call that they've never made before, or you know what I mean? So I think that there's always going to be a large number of people who've never taken that first step and want to. Mm -hmm. And so if I can build some familiarity about how this works, and then they're finally ready to make that call. If I move my website forward and we start working on more intermediate and advanced actions, then maybe that's something I do. But I think that there will always be very a healthy amount of what I do right now. Because I, my, my basic goal is I want to get more people who understand how their government works and know how to push the buttons and the levers of the power that they have. And for me, what I'm doing right now, I think accomplishes that. So I don't think that's ever going to go away. <laughs> no, because I think we need a lot of people walking. A lot, you know, there, there are plenty of groups out there that, that, you know, stir up the people that are ready to run mm -hmm. and just, you know, and go out there. But there are a lot of people that, you know, there's a lot of people that are on the fence, on the couch, whatever, however you want to, you know, kind of visualize that, that are on the sidelines, you know, I think there will always be that. And yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, e even, even the next generation, you know, you're always going to have the young people and then you're going to have, you know, people who ha hadn't been plugged in, you know, for whatever reason, so I, I just think there's a, you know, you see when you go to a 5K event, you see a lot more walkers than runners right. out there. You know, there's just yep. a lot of people that could use that. But they that. committed, right? They committed mm -hmm. to doing something. How you do it is your choice, mm -hmm. right? But they're going to they're gonna do the 5K, right? And they're going to start by walking. And then they're going to walk it a little faster. And maybe someday they'll run. Maybe they never will run. But they're going to commit to doing the 5K. You know, I, I'm not going to give anyone a lot of grief that, you know, if they want to send an email to their senator instead of calling them. Now, if they want to know which one is better, I can explain that, right? And there, there are times when actually one is better than the other and times when the other one is better. So, but if they are uncomfortable and are unwilling to make the call because it just scares them too much, send an email, right? Let's get, let's get it done. I don't really care so much about the how as long as you're taking the step and making sure your senator knows 
how you feel about something. You are their constituent. They need to hear from you. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to quibble too much about how, how people get involved. But I try to give multiple ways that you can do it. But, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's important to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they're going to, if that's their comfort zone, they're going to feel like, hey, I did something today. Because I'll, I'll admit, honestly, there were times at the beginning of this process that I did the email thing because I was just mm-hmm. not ready. I just didn't feel like, I, I, I didn't, yeah, I just <laughs> I was too scared. <laughs> I feel you. You're not alone. And even today now, you know, now I've got them all on my, you know, auto dial. <laughs> <laughs> But but when I call, then I still it's still I'm still perplexed that you know they're not really confirming that who's on the phone is who is saying who's on the phone because I've been hearing some things and this is a side topic, um, you know that um, certain opposition groups, you know Republican groups or whatever, are paying people to call and um, you know how does how does a, a member of Congress know that they have no idea who's on that phone every day right. you know right. it could be somebody who's being paid to make these ghost calls or whatever um, I mean I'm sure it would be a lot to try and come up with a system where they're actually verifying you know that the person that they're talking to is a constituent yeah for sure that would be yes that's that's a that's a topic for someone else <laughs> yeah uh, we're thinking about security and verifying and everything else like that that gets to be pretty complicated pretty quick yeah and i you know the through the email i just felt like well here's a way that they know it's me i'm giving them my phone number and my address and my name and my email you know what i mean i just right. felt like felt like there was more legitimacy but yeah now i do both yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean there, there there's always going to be shenanigans you know in politics it's we're, we're never going to be free of that i i just hope that when you know dirty tactics that are not right you know are found out that they tackle those or they find some way to you know to mit- to mitigate that mm-hmm. so that's i'll keep my fingers crossed on that one i gotta go talk to the security experts on that one right <laughs> <laughs> or just something i don't know i mean phone number or something where you know you could track it and just say down the road, you could say, hey, you know, we thought we were getting people from that actually lived here calling and nope, they're from other states. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are, um, can just kind of wrap it up and, you know, welcome if there's more that you want to share. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe some things that you've seen, ways that you've seen people kind of falter a little bit at first and, and how you, how you help ease them into this a little bit better just so that people can kind of expect like hey I might you know have some missteps at the beginning or um, it may feel you know just new and uncomfortable and awkward yeah I mean when you ask me that question sort of what comes to me is that I don't know that anyone ever makes a misstep you know if you're involved in some way from if it's a you know the candidate right you're you're donating to the candidate or you're volunteering your time you're phone banking if it's for an issue you're calling or you're sending an email I don't know that any of those are missteps I think more what people what I what I see are sort of the the ebbing and flowing of energy right when people get very upset about an issue I mean let's look at that first year you know the 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 constant attacks on our health care right people were very animated about that you know 
getting sick or having an accident is something that every single human being can understand. And so it was personal. People understood the issue intrinsically. And so there was a lot of energy and animation. And every time a new vote come up, right, there was a swell of activity and letter writing and calls and so on and so forth. That's really, really great. So, but what happens then is after it's over, sometimes we win, like in healthcare, that's awesome, and you're full of energy and you're ready to take on the world. And sometimes we don't win, right, when we have, you know, two Supreme Court justices that get, you know, they get on the bench despite our best efforts. And it's a really natural and normal feeling to be pretty deflated and defeated. Mm-hmm. It's in those moments that I get more, you know, I sort of the, I don't know, my energy sort of riles up because, of course, I'm feeling defeated and upset at the same time. But I think it's especially in some of those big loss moments that I worry about losing people, right? Just that they're like, this is too hard, and I fought so hard, and I lost anyway. I'm just going to give up. And that's the moment, right, that I worry. Are people going away, right? Uh, You know, come back. You know, take a moment. Take a breather. But then come back. You know, there's other issues that you care about that we're going to need your help. And so, yeah, I don't don't know that anyone ever makes a misstep when it comes to advocacy. Um, If you care about something and you put even a smidge of effort towards it, that's never going to be a misstep. My, My concern more is it's a very natural thing that your energy, when it comes to your advocacy, ebbs and flows. There are going to be times that you'll take Every minute, you know, between, you know, your, your lunch hour and breaks and weekends and evenings to work on something, right? However much time you can, you can put on it. And there's other times that you're like, you know, I need a break. I'm not going to look at Twitter. I'm not going to read any news this weekend or this week or what have you. It's, you know, and that's okay. But I would say there, there's some, I'm trying to remember the exact quote that you see all the time. It's like, if you're feeling burnt out, take a break, don't quit. Right, it's something along those right. lines. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, and so you know, I think that that's something that everyone who's sort of getting involved with this kind of work needs to know. I mean, if you talk to, you had mentioned the interviews that I've done. So over the last year or so, I've interviewed a variety of people. I started with folks that were really engaged and involved in campaigns, because again, it was something I've not worked on a campaign, and I wanted to learn from others, you know, what it's like and what are the different jobs you can do and how much time or how little time can you spend working on a campaign. And so I ended up talking to them, and some of them were, like me, very new to all of this starting in 2016, and others have been doing it for years and years and years. And if you talk to the ones that have been doing this kind of work, whether it's campaigns or issue advocacy or anything else for a very long period of time, they have found a way to find a balance, right? Like it is their issue. They're never going to not care about that issue. But how much time they're spending on it ebbs and flows. But they just, they never unplug right? And Mm -hmm. so that's something that I've learned from talking to a lot of different activists is, you know, if you have a sort of a single issue that you deeply care about, whether it's healthcare or it's gun reform or criminal justice or whatever your issue is, that one issue will probably never ever get solved exactly to your satisfaction, i.e. it's always going to be something that's going to need your advocacy, I think the people who are going to stick it out the longest and really become a true lifelong advocate 
are the ones that find sort of that one issue that's sort of their central pillar, the thing that they really deeply care about. Because you're going to get really, I mean, educate yourself on that issue. You're really going to know it inside and out. When a, you know, when a candidate starts talking about your issue, you know, you care about other issues too, but that's your issue. And you're really going to be able to help others, you know, look at a variety of different candidates and say, look, this, this, this is the reason why this proposal is better than that proposal. And then you can be, you know, in that position where you're educating other people. If you don't have a singular issue, I think that's okay too, and most of us care about lots of different things, but I think it might be easier in those cases to sort of pull out for a while because you don't ever see the progress. All you see are the defeats, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you see some of the successes and you're happy about that, but you're always going to just see defeats everywhere. If you're a single issue person, I think that you see both of them, but you can still see the progress that's being made. So that's sort of a new um, philosophy that I'm thinking about and sort of trying out on myself, which is, you know, what does it look like if people become really um, knowledgeable about an issue that they really care about? Um, And then certainly when there's a major CTA, like, okay, we have all got to make calls on healthcare. We all have to make a call on the shutdown. We all have to make a call on whatever the next scandal is going to be, right? Um, Of course, you lend your help to that as well, but then you return back to that central issue, which is really the thing that you care about the most. And I think that having that will probably sustain a lot of these advocates long past, you know, the the, the presidency of Donald Trump. Um, We need people to be advocating for their issue and for our democracy long past his presidency. So that's 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 probably a good way to sign off, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's extremely relevant because I had gotten um, I'm I'm plugged into the um, election reform here in Michigan. We're we're trying to pass the national popular vote interstate compact. We're one of the states mm-hmm. not yet in that compact, and so I'm just plugging into helping to organize Michigan, um, the grassroots part of that. And mm-hmm. in the but in the meantime, you know, the shutdown was happening, and as it kept going on and on and on and I started seeing these calls to action I'm like okay I gotta start calling every day and I gotta start you know spewing on you know to get people in my network who don't do you know aren't at all active to say like hey at least do this one thing you know get out and call your congressman and then I'm like you know treason and blah 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 and they ought to be jailed and you know I just felt all that anger and upset come just like you're talking about and then then when you know when it got extended for a couple of weeks and I could pull back I was like what did I what just happened to me you know why this this rage right. came up in me that I didn't I didn't feel like I was particularly effective with it um, because it's you know it's just one of those things but it was nice to connect with you know other people who were feeling the same thing and you know all all of you all that have these posts were all just like keep at it keep at it keep at it you got to call every day you got to ask people to call every day and I felt right. like you know okay I'm part of the team I you know that's what I'm supposed to do I'm going to do it and then now that I've stepped back I actually was kind of feeling guilty about it so I'm glad you said that because it's like no 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 I'm kind of going back to back to veganism and you know back to the electoral college because those are my things I mean those are my big personal um, causes and I I'm glad you said that I almost I feel like when I was listening to you I feel like you know maybe I need to even with my 
um, my Facebook lives or something like have a support group you know day or time of day or something where people can come on and just be heard because it's it's like you're talking about like sometimes it's just talking to somebody else and you know feeling what you're feeling no matter what it is and just ha mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know of any activist support or advocacy support groups I mean you, you kind of connect with like-minded people at the meetings and you get fired up and um, right. but I don't I don't really know of anywhere you know we just come to support each other we're not coming to do calls to action we're not coming to plan we're just right. kind of holding that space and actually um, one of the organizers from another state with this national popular vote interstate compact he he and I were putting together some things that people can do according to the f my five levels of my advocacy chart and he 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 said that for emotional he was like you know talk to one of the leaders and you know talk about why you got involved in this and let them hold a space for you of energetic space and I'm like I started to cry because I was like who who gets to do that <laughs> I want right. to do that <laughs> I right. want to do that with right. someone I want someone to, I want someone to hear why I do this. And I, I don't know that we have a forum for that yet, but I'm going to start thinking about that because it sounds like yeah. that there's a need for that. I mean, I think that there are, there's different ways to find community. Um, I think that in the, you know, sort of in the real world, some people need to connect with a fellow human being, right? And so the really like in-person groups are really helpful. You know, others, you might find like-minded people, but they're sprung all over the place, right? Someplace mm -hmm. like a really public forum where anyone can see your post, like a Facebook probably isn't the right place. But if there's a way to have sort of, you know, a more private conversation, right, with people that you have gotten to know, even if it's online. I mean, one of the things that I can't believe I'm saying this, like two and a half years ago, if you'd asked me anything about Twitter, I wouldn't have been able to answer any of these questions. <laughs> but here I am, you know, where you can have sort of a small, you can put like three or four people, you know, I mean, I think it's up to like 50 or something like that. But you can put a few people into what they call a direct message room, right? And it's, it's like a little private room for yourselves, right? I mean, I know these things exist elsewhere. But for me, being able to connect with a couple of people that you can absolutely trust, right? Now, mm -hmm. I've been talking to these people for, you know, two years now. I have now since talked to many of them on the phone. You know, I've met some of them in person, which is always such a trip when you only know them online. But it is, I have found that to be a very safe space for me, right? Because I generally am organizing and working and getting volunteers who are people who live nowhere close to me. Mm -hmm. And so being able to connect with them, and sometimes we're all outraged, and sometimes we're all thrilled about something, and sometimes we're just telling jokes, you know, or putting, putting cute puppy pictures or whatever to each other. And it's just it's this extraordinarily safe space, but it does give me that outlet that you're talking about. But I think everyone probably needs to find that outlet that works best for them, right? That, mm -hmm. that works for me and sort of what my circumstances right now. Others might want to have it in person. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways that, you know, people can find that kind of support. Mm -hmm. And just encouraging them to, to find that, make that a part of the plan. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, yeah, finding your community is key, right? Because otherwise you feel like you're all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Boy, would that be taxing, right? And lonely. So, you know, whether it's real people that you know or people that you're meeting online, I think finding your community is how we're going to survive all this, honestly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, well, thank you so much.
Tokyo. Oh, it's my pleasure. This was fun. So just want to let people know, and I'll put it on the podcast. I'll put the, the link to your um, website and also your Twitter handle on the blog, uh, sorry, the podcast post, but it's DHS Tokyo, correct? That's the Twitter? Okay. Yes, that's awesome. my Twitter handle. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you for being courageous. You are, you are making profound changes in the world by, you know, reverberating out, um, you know, and taking your gift and sharing it with the rest of us. So I appreciate it so much. Well, I really do appreciate the opportunity, and I'll look forward to meeting some of your uh, listeners, perhaps online. Okay, sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. Namaste.